this month, we are beginning uh, what I like to call, and I do this once a year, do this once a year, try to do this once a year, our, our generosity series, our series on giving and generosity. Uh, our series on giving and generosity. Now, uh, before you kind of write this message off and think like, oh man, here we go, he's going to talk about money. He's going to talk about money for this whole month. Uh, that's not true. I'm actually not going to talk all about money this whole month. It's a part of it, but that's not the end all of giving and generosity. Uh, and so we're going to jump into this series called The Blessed Life. Now, many of you are familiar with this series. I've actually done this series before. Many of you have even read the book, The Blessed Life, written by Robert Morris. I read that book probably, uh, it was a number of years ago, and it really revolutionized and changed uh, my perception about giving when it comes to giving. Uh, and so what I like to do is I like to, to dig into and go a little further with that and to get into a series on the blessed life uh, and share some of the scriptural principles uh, as well as some, some perspectives that are shared even within the book that I think are very, very vital, very valuable uh, for our time. Um, I heard a story once about uh, a father and his little girl, and he gave his little girl $2.00. He gave his little girl $2, and he said, look, honey, you can do whatever you want with $1, but the other dollar belongs to the Lord. And so the little girl got excited, and she takes her $2, and she starts running to the candy store. And as she's running to the candy store, she trips, and she falls, and one of the dollars goes into the storm drain. And she goes, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. There goes your dollar. Some of y'all thought that was funny. It's okay. Okay. Giving and generosity, what does that really mean for us as a church? Um, we don't, as a church, we don't talk a lot about money here. We're not the type that's always talking about money. My sermons aren't always about money. Uh, but I will say that our sermons, are, are, all our messages and everything we do here is always going to have an element of giving and generosity. Giving and generosity. Specifically for this message today, this, the title of this message today in the Blessed Life series is, it's all about the heart. It is all about the heart. And so if you have your Bible this morning, I want you to turn uh, to Deuteronomy chapter 15. Deuteronomy chapter 15, just hold it there. I'm not going to read that yet, but Deuteronomy chapter 15 is where we'll be. And my, you know what I like to do from now, here on out, man. I like to see, do you have your Bible? Check. Do you have your pen and your notepad? Check. Do you have an open heart? Check. Well, then let's go. It's time to go. So I hope you have your Bible. Hope you have a pen and pad or you're taking notes on your phone because I know you will not remember this tomorrow. And I hope you have an open heart, open heart to receive what God wants to say to us this morning. So hold Deuteronomy 15. We're not reading that quite yet, but I do want to take you to a few passages of Scripture before we get into that text. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 says, Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Then we go down to the Gospel of Luke chapter 6, verse 37. It says, do not judge, and you will not be judged. 
Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Bless you. Those two passages of scripture are really parallel scriptures. And oftentimes I've been in church long enough to know that I've heard preachers actually use these passages of text, passages of scriptures talking about money. But nowhere in that text do we see anything about money. But we do see a principle that is demonstrated here, a principle of giving and receiving, right? We don't, hear, we don't hear about money in these texts, but we do hear about a principle of still giving and receiving. So in other words, what we hear about here, we say, we hear if you, if you give judgment, you'll receive judgment. If you give condemnation, you'll receive condemnation. If you give forgiveness, you'll receive forgiveness, but not just receiving. It says, but for what measure you use, it will be measured to you. So we see here this concept of giving and receiving. And so what the, what the Bible is demonstrating to us in this text, he's demonstrating to us this idea of, of, of what we give out of our hearts will be returned back to us. Right? Amen. Giving goodness, giving judgment, giving kindness, giving whatever. You, 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 it is coming back to you. That's just the principle that is shared in this text of giving and receiving. And so we're not just talking about money in these texts, but we're talking about the condition of our hearts. So the statement is true that when we give, we do receive. That is a true statement. But what I want to do in our time together is I want us to get more excited about the giving part rather than the receiving part. See, a lot of us get excited. We love to receive things, especially when they're good things. I, I, I love receiving. How many of you like receiving gifts? You like receiving gifts? I like receiving gifts. It's great receiving gifts. It's nice receiving gifts. We like the receiving part, but this whole series is ideally about the giving part. We get excited about receiving, but let's get even more excited about the giving. Because, see, the receiving is just the benefit of what we give. But receiving should never be the motive. I shouldn't give because I know I'm going to receive. You following me? And so oftentimes, and even within the church, oftentimes you'll hear things like, man, give this so you can receive this. Give this amount so you can receive this amount. Give this. And we hear that over and over again. So people are getting excited. They're like, yes, let's give because I know I'm going to receive this. And I think we need to turn the table a little bit and say, well, no, let's not get excited about the receiving part. Let's get more excited about the generosity and the giving. Why? Because giving and generosity makes us more like God. Giving and generosity, it, it makes us look more like our dad. And so what we're going to do in our time together is we're going we're to discover ways that we start to look more like our father when it comes to giving and generosity. Deuteronomy chapter 15. 
Deuteronomy chapter 15. What we're going to read here is some instructions that are given to the children of Israel. Some instructions that are given to the children of Israel, and specifically the heart of generosity. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 7. It says, if anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites in any of the towns of the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. Stop right there. So we see these instructions that God is giving the Israelites. What he's doing is he's, he's turning the dials of their heart towards generosity. He says, you know that land, the land that I'm giving you, that's an important thing for us to remember. That they're going to be in a land that has been given to them, right? God is all about giving. He's all about generosity. And so he said, that land that I've given you, I want you to demonstrate the same thing. I want you to be generous as well. And so if you see those that are in need, I need you to be open-handed with them. I need you to be giving to them. I need you to be generous towards them. And so what he's doing is he's, again, this is God. He's turning the dials of their heart towards generosity. Why? Because he's shaping them to be more like him. He's shaping them to be just like their dad. And so God is doing a work in their hearts. In the same way for us this morning, God is going to be doing a work in our hearts. And so we have to ask ourselves the question, when we give, or if we don't give, what is the condition of our heart? What is the condition of our heart? Are our hearts looking more like our Father's heart? Are we generous because we want to be like our dad? Are we generous because we want to be like God? And so let's continue reading in verse 9. Now, God is, he's given them this instruction, right? He's given this instruction to the children of Israel towards generosity, to be open-handed and to freely lend, to freely give. In verse 9, it says, but be careful not to harbor this wicked thought. The seventh year, the year of canceling debts is near, so that you do not show ill will toward the needy among your fellow Israelites and give them nothing. They may then appeal to the Lord against you, and you will be found guilty of sin. So, so here's the thing. If, we are to, if our hearts are to be turned towards God, if our hearts are to be made more like God, then there's some things that we have to deal with within our hearts. And so what God is, is, is demonstrating and showing them in this moment is he's saying to them, look, if you're going to be like me and you're going to be generous like me, the first thing you got to do towards generosity is you got to deal with a selfish heart. Deal with a selfish heart. And here's how he does that. Now, at this time, they had this economic system that said that every seven years, all debts are canceled. How many of you would love to live in that economic system? Every seven years, all your debts are canceled. All your debts are canceled. Man, I would love to live in that economic system. But what God is showing them here, he's saying, look, knowing that that seventh year is approaching where all debts are canceled, Make sure that you don't start to get selfish. In other words, if somebody is in need, don't withhold what you need to give them because you're like, well, wait a second. If I give them to this now, next year is the seven year, and their debt will be canceled. You know what? I'm just not going to give to them because next year that debt will be canceled, and they won't pay me back. 
And so God is saying, be careful that you don't become like those that do that. Be careful that you don't withhold that which you need to give to somebody else in fear of the seven-year cancellation. He said, don't, don't, don't be that way. You need to deal with the selfish heart. Make sure when you give, make sure when you lend, make sure that when somebody is in need that you are open-handed. It doesn't matter what time of the year it is. It doesn't matter what season it is. It doesn't matter if that seventh year is approaching. You give to them anyway. And so what God is doing there is he's getting them to guard their hearts towards selfishness. He's getting them to guard their hearts towards these wicked thoughts. See, I don't know if you knew this or not, but you are born selfish. You are born selfish. If any of you have kids in here, you know what that means. I did not have to teach my girls how to be selfish. If they were playing with a toy and a friend or a cousin or some other kid comes and takes that toy from them or says, I want to play with that, what do they say? No, mine. It's mine. And so we see this with kids where they, they take ownership and they, they start claiming things as theirs. And then they get to the point where you have to remind them, no, 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 you need to share. Let me teach you to share. Be kind. Be nice. I need you to share. We are born selfish. We are born with a selfish nature. Sharing is caring. You're right. And, 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 and that's as kids, but now we're into adulthood and selfishness has shown itself so loud in my life the day that I got married. See, the day you get married, you start to see your selfishness start to, start to expose itself. Because, see, now you're not just living for yourself. Now you're living for someone else. Oh, you mean everything in this refrigerator is all of ours? Like, you have access to all those honey buns? Like, the, I bought those for me. Like, you, you really ate the last amount of Fruity Pebbles in that cereal box? Like, that was my cereal. Well, no, it's, 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 all, it's, it's both of ours. We, 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 we both own this together. This refrigerator, everything in this refrigerator is, is ours. Everything in this pantry is ours. Everything in this bank account is ours. That's why we don't do separate bank accounts. Now, that's a whole other story for another thing. <laughs> Married couples, if you have a separate bank account because you're afraid of what the other one's spending or not spending, um, yeah, I'm not even going to touch that anymore. But we must deal with a selfish heart. Why? Because we are born selfish. But here's the beautiful thing. When we are born again, we are born again generous. We're born selfish, but we are born again generous. And, and, and how, do we, how do we become generous? Well, by renewing our mind, right? We, we start to learn and understand, well, how does God think? 
What does God's heart look like? What, 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 what pleases God? And we start to see that, man, God, you are so generous. You are so giving. You are so loving. And so if I want to be more and more like you, then i got to learn to live more and more like you. And so I have to, to put away this selfishness that I have. I've got to suppress and kill this, this, this wickedness that I have in my heart because I want to be more like you. And so I have to deal with a selfish heart. God wants to change us. He wants to transform us from being greedy and selfish takers to becoming grateful and generous givers. We got to deal with a selfish heart. I got to deal with my own selfishness. And let me just tell you, let me be really honest with you, it is a day-to-day struggle dealing with my own selfishness. We got to deal with the selfish heart. Say, I've got to deal with my selfish heart. Let's continue reading. Verse 10. He says, give, generous, give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. So not only do we have to deal with a selfish heart, now we got to deal with a grieving heart. See, see, the selfishness attacks us before we give. The grief attacks us after we give. Have you ever felt bad for giving something away? Like, oh man, did I really need to give that away? Oh man, did I really need to put that $10 in the offering bucket? Oh, man, I could have gone out to eat this afternoon. Oh, man, I could have had a good lunch this afternoon, but now I gave. He says, deal with a grieving heart. In other words, don't grieve over what you just gave. Don't grieve over being generous. Many people, they give because they feel that they have to. Many people are generous because they feel that they have to. But my hope for us this morning is that we come to a place that's not giving because we have to, but start giving because we want to. Because we want to. Now, let me do something here. Chris, come on up, man. Do something, man. Do something for you. 20, 25, 30, 45, 45. It's It's about 50 bucks here, man. Go and hold that, put that in your pocket, and go have a seat. Go have a seat. $50. Chris is holding $50. I think it's 50. It counted, right? It's 50, right? Okay, so Chris is now holding $50 for me. And a day goes by. Say tomorrow morning, Monday morning. It's Monday morning now. I come up to Chris and I'm like, Chris, uh, let me have my $50. Give it to me. Thank you, right? Now, Should he be grieving over what he just gave me? Why? Because it was never his in the first place, right? And so he he gave me the money back, but he shouldn't grieve over it because it was never his. And it's the same way when it comes to giving within the church. 
See, we shouldn't grieve over giving of tithes and offerings. Why? Because it was never ours in the first place. God is just letting us hold it. He's just letting us steward our money. Every paycheck that you receive, that is just a test for you to see how well you steward his money. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and all, and all. That means every dollar that you have is the Lord's. And so when it comes time to give within church, when it comes time to give even to somebody else, what you're doing in that moment is you're saying, God, I'm just returning back to you what is already yours. So I don't grieve over this. I don't get upset over it. I don't lose sleep over it. Why? Because, God, it was yours in the first place. We got to deal with the grieving heart. We got to deal with the heart that recognizes that what we have is solely because God has allowed me to have it. God has allowed me to hold on to it. And so that's why we come to a point when even within our time here as a church and in our services, when we come to the portion of tithe and offering, I believe that that's probably one of the biggest moments of spiritual battle is there in our tithe and offering portion of service. Because there are, there are those, even within here, but churches all across the nation, that that is such a fight and a battle during tithe and offering. Because we read the scriptures, we read the text, we talk about generosity, we talk about God's generous heart and how we are wanting to be more like God. But then when it comes to giving of your money, you say, oh, no, wait a minute. I earned this. I've got bills to pay. I've got things that need to get paid. I've got things that I need to do, and I get that. But when it comes to, to giving, when it comes to generosity, and you desire to be more like your father, it shouldn't be an argument when it comes to giving what is asked of us, when it comes to giving what is required of us. Because we're just holding on to it anyway. We're just stewarding what God has allowed us to hold on to. We got to deal with the grieving heart. Don't grieve over what you give. Don't grieve over it. Don't lose sleep over it. People need to understand that it all belongs to God, and ultimately we are just stewards of what he has given us. We don't grieve over what we give. So we got to deal with the selfish heart. We got to deal with the grieving heart. Now, after we've dealt with those things, let's talk about our next step. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 14. Now he tells them to su supply them liberally, liberally from your flock, your threshing floor and your wine press. Give to them as the Lord your God has blessed you. Verse 14 again, he says, supply them liberally. So not only do we have to deal with a selfish heart and we got to deal with a grieving heart, now there's some things that got to develop within us. And now what we need to develop, we need to develop a generous heart. So when you give, give more. 
When you give, give freely, give liberally. Give liberally, give more, give in abundance. Giving is actually really fun when you think about it. It's fun to be able to give. It's fun to be able to, to bless somebody. It's, it's fun to be able to do that. I don't know about you, but it, it just makes me feel a certain way, right? It, it makes me feel a certain way. And what that is is whenever I, I start to feel a satisfaction when I give or when I bless somebody or whatever the case may be, it, it, what that is is because I'm becoming more and more like my dad. I'm becoming more and more like God. And so what happens a lot of times is we, we think that, 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 giving, uh, that, that giving is because God needs something. But what we need to understand is that we don't give because God needs something. Like, God is not struggling to pay the utility bills in heaven right now. He's not struggling to keep the lights on in heaven. He's not struggling to pay people to clean the streets of heaven. He's not, he's not struggling for money. So God is not in need of anything. So when God instituted giving and being generous, he didn't institute it for himself. He instituted it for us. Why? Because when we give, that is us battling and fighting a selfish heart. That is us warring against our sinful nature every time we give. And let me promise you something, and I say this uh, with 100% certainty. The devil will never ask you to give. The devil will never ask you to give. Why? Because he's a taker. He's a taker. He's a thief. His whole language is that of taking and stealing. And God's language is that of generosity and giving. So every time you feel something in your heart to give, you can just rest assured that's not the devil. So giving is not for God's benefit. God doesn't need your finances, but he, he instituted giving for you and I because he wants us to be more and more like him. And so we've got to develop this generous heart, a heart that is willing, a heart that, that freely gives, a heart that is open-handed. And let me just say this to folks who are single even in this room today. When, you, when you're looking for your spouse or you feel like you're about to get married or whatever the case may be for you, man, make sure that they're on the same page with you when it comes to generosity and giving. Otherwise, you're in for a rude awakening when you want to give and your spouse says no. I say that with full sincerity because my wife, my wife is, is a giver. She's generous, uh, and, and, and the Lord has worked on me in being a giver and being generous. And it just feels good when we're in unity together and we can both say, man, we both agree in giving this generous gift. We both agree in blessing this. We both agree in doing this. Man, it just brings such unity and harmony in the house. Why? Because the Lord is developing in us. He's, he's working in us a generous heart. And so we must develop a generous 
heart. Luke 6.30 says, give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Just developing a heart that looks like my dad's heart. Developing a heart that looks like the generosity of my Father God. Developing a generous heart. And fourthly and lastly, not only do we need to deal with the selfish heart, not only do we need to deal with the grieving heart, do we need to develop a generous heart, but third and lastly is we need to develop, a fourth and lastly, we need to develop a grateful heart. Deuteronomy 15, 15 says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. That is why I give you this command today. See, we, it's, it's interesting to me, and, and, and since I've been a pastor, I've heard this more and more often than not. I have people ask me at least a few times a year, man, do we have to tithe? Like, do we have to give? That's, that's so Old Testament. That's just so old. That's, 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 that's like, that's like, like, it's like being under the law still. Like, do we have to do that? Do we have to tithe? We don't, we don't really have to do any of that. And so, and so when they ask me that question or they come to me with that, I just look at them and say, you know what? I don't have to do anything. You know what? You don't have to do anything. But you sure get to. I sure get to give. I want to give. Well, why do you give? Because I'm grateful. I give because I'm grateful. I give because I remember what God has done for me. He says it in the text. He says, I, I gave you these commands. Like, I'm telling you to be this way. I'm telling you to be generous. Why? Not because you have to, because I want you to be grateful for what I've done for you. So that's why during the tithe and offering section of, of our services, that's why we should never feel a certain way about that, and we should never feel uneasy about that moment. Why? Because if we are truly sons and daughters of the Most High, if we are truly people who say we have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, if we are truly people that say, man, I was once walking on a path to hell, but because of Jesus, I've been renewed, I've been made right, I've been saved, I've been set free. If we are truly people who live under that truth, then giving should be like breathing to us. Generosity should be second nature to us. We don't give out of command or out of condemnation or out of fear that God's going to be upset with us. 
We give because we're grateful. I'm not one to question people's salvation. I'm not the one to do that. I don't judge on that level. But I do find it questionable that people who claim to be saved, people who claim to be born again, I find it questionable that if we truly understand what God has done for us, I find it questionable, number one, that we don't tell people about it. But I also find it questionable, too, when we are, when we are begrudging when it's time to give. I find it questionable because if we truly understood what God has done for us, then generosity and giving should be nothing for us. It should be like, yes! Do we understand what God has truly done for us? When it comes to the tithe and offering portion of service, and I'm going to just be very transparent and vulnerable with you, just very honest. Every week, Robert Alsup, myself, Chris, somebody, we'll, we'll come up here and we'll do this tithe and offering portion of the service and we'll share a scripture with you and we'll encourage you towards generosity, we'll encourage you towards giving. And I think some people think that we do this every week just to keep the lights on. Let me just tell you something. My motive for doing the tithe and offering portion of service is not for us to keep the lights on. Because if it was man, I would just leave this job and go back to corporate America. Because I would feel a little more secure. But if I, if I came to a place where I'm like, man, Chris, every week you got to make sure you prompt them to give because you got to make sure you keep these lights on in this building. If that was my only motive, I need to get out now. But the motive is not to keep the lights on. The motive is so our hearts would be changed towards generosity. The motive is so that we, all of us, could look more and more like our Father every day. Not to keep the lights on, though that's a part of it. If nobody gives on a, during the week and nobody gives and gives, well, yeah, we're like, you may come in here. It may be dark one Sunday. It's all good. We got candles. But that's not the motive. There are a lot of other things I could be doing if that was the motive. But I want our hearts to be changed. I want our hearts to be stirred towards generosity and giving because we're grateful. I want to crush in my own life that selfish spirit I want to crush in my own life that ungrateful spirit. And I want to live a life that is generous. I want to live a life that is grateful. And so when it comes time to give, I give freely because I'm grateful. I give freely because I know and understand what God has already done for me. And I use this as a demonstration even for my own girls. 
because I want them to know that at one time, man, I, I wasn't living for the Lord like I should. But God was so gracious and merciful to me that he saved me. He changed my life. Now because of that, I can hopefully become the father and the husband that God has called me to be. And my prayer for all of us this morning is that we come to the realization that God has changed our lives. And that we develop a grateful heart, specifically when it comes to giving and generosity. 